Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. I love how the Lord works with me. I'm so grateful for this. I have a scheduled time with God every week. I don't know about if you know about this, but you can like have a date with Jesus. It can be on your calendar. It can be on this like same time every week, and that's not legalism. Okay, that's love. All right, so I have a scheduled time with God every single Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning at 8 a.m., no one can get a hold of me. Okay, about 8 to 11, I have a whole block of time. I don't have any meetings except for meeting with Jesus. And I say, Lord Jesus, what are you saying to your people this week through me? And it's so awesome because he always tells me. <laughs> I've never had a blank Wednesday morning, ever. He always meets me and goes, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. I love that. I think that's amazing, and that's why, that's why, like, the message has impact, because I'm just a messenger, not a maker of the message. I don't get to dictate my messages. I just get to dictate his message. <laughs> Hello? And so I'm going to deliver to you what I heard the Lord for you, South Tampa, this week. Are you ready? He's restoring the restorers. That's what he said to me. He said, I'm restoring the restorers. He doesn't just want to find restorers. God is not just looking for those who are ready to help. He is looking for those who are in their moment helpless and making those who help out of those who are helpless. He is taking the broken, the dirty, the destitute, and raising them up to bring life to the broken, dirty, and destitute. He is restoring the restorers. That's what he did for me. That's what he's still doing for me. I am continually getting unveiled. I am continually being restored. Amen? If you think you have been completely healed and restored, let me help you. You're actually operating under something else called deception. Okay, <laughs> or the spirit of stupid, one or the other, you know, it's like the deception or stupidity. That's really one of your options. I'm sorry. Okay, because there is always more. We go from glory to glory. There is always more restoration to come. Amen. Until the final day when all things are made new. Amen. So he's restoring the restorers. This comes out of Isaiah 58. If you know me, I love the Bible. I'm a Bible junkie. Okay, I'm a translation junkie. I like them all. I own 26 paper translations of different translations of the Bible, not just on my app, on my iPhone. I, I, am, I am collecting them. I love them. They're my treasures, okay? I have spent more money on Bibles than any, almost anything else, okay? I love it. And we're going to read this passage. You might have heard this before, but he's dealing with Isaiah the prophet is dealing as an oracle of the Lord with the hearts of the people in their programs. He's dealing with their religious ceremonies and their fasting specifically because just as Abraham said about the giving their hearts were not right and they were they weren't getting the results they wanted and they were like what's wrong with you God <laughs> why are, oh you told us to do the thing we did the thing and now we didn't get the thing you said would come if we did the thing and they're like the the inadequacy is definitely on God that was their conclusion uh, don't look at them. Come on, look in the mirror. We have this same attitude among us many times where we think, I did the thing. I prayed. I, I worshiped. I gave. And I'm not getting. I'm not seeing. I'm not whatever. Anybody been there? Just me? 
You're all professional Christians. I'm an amateur. It's okay. No? Okay. We're all together. All right. So he's dealing with them about this. He's dealing with them on the topic of fasting because if you know, in Israel, in the people of God, the Jews, they were the only people on the planet who did this kind of stuff, who fasted and uh, unto God. There were other fasts like that they would hurt themselves and stuff in pagan religions. But there was a new thing. The people of God, along with circumcision, all these other things. Okay, are you following me? I'm trying to give you the biblical context here. And this was like a special thing they, ha- they had with God, at least they thought. And then God says, but your hearts are wrong. Your hands are doing the right thing. But your heart's doing it for the wrong reasons. You need hands and hearts. Amen? you got to have the right heart to do the righteous work with your hands. And doing righteous acts with your hands means nothing if you have the wrong heart. Hello? I'm not talking about like a sinful, wicked heart. I'm talking about the wrong attitude of the heart. So he's dealing with that. And this is so beautiful. And he says, this is God saying through Isaiah, is not this the fast that I choose? Are you ready? He doesn't talk about Facebook. He doesn't talk about vegetables or not. He doesn't talk about any of those things. Is this not the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the straps of the yoke. To let the oppressed go free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring homeless poor into your house? Are you getting it? If you're fasting your bread, it's because you're supposed to be giving your bread. If you're fasting, going out to eat or spending money on things, it's because you're supposed to be giving your money on other places, like providing for the homeless. Hello? (laughs) Okay. Okay, you're getting it. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked to cover them, how are you going to do that? Except you fasted spending on yourself and decided to spend on them. This is the fast that he's chosen for them and for us. And to not hide yourself from your own flesh. That's your family, like your in-laws and those people you grew up with that you don't like. Not hiding yourself from your own flesh. He goes on and says, then, say then. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn. And your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he he will say, here I am. Get this. Get this. He's not saying, get a right heart, and I'll talk to you. He's saying, get a right heart, and you will hear me speaking. He says, you shall cry, and he will say, here I am. I understand. But listen, New Covenant Perspective God is not withholding from his children. God is not waiting for you to do the right thing to say the right thing to you. No, 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 no. He's saying, if you do the right thing, you'll hear me rightly as I speak. That's what he's talking about. Is God ever not speaking? I mean, there were, there, Israel says there were 400 years of silence, which, and Christians say it too, between, uh, what's the last book of the New Testament? I'm blanking right now. Uh, one of the minor prophets. Uh, Habakkuk, I don't know, whatever. The last book of the, of the New Old Testament before the New Testament, I'm blanking right now. Whatever, that, Malachi, Malachi, the, the Italian prophet. That's right, Malachi, my bad. Yeah, <laughs> Malachi, it says there was silence. I beg to differ. There were no hearing ears. There were no ears that were ready to hear. There was no one who was sharing their bread with the, with the hungry, who was letting the oppressed go free who was giving to the homeless. Therefore, they could not hear him saying, here I am. 
That's not my message today, but I felt I had to tell you that. All right, let's keep going. It says, if you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, not like Abraham earlier saying, I'm a child of God, not that pointing, but the pointing of the finger meaning assigning blame. You're the problem. You're the problem. You're the problem. You're the problem. The pointing of the finger. Oh, if the church could just stop pointing her finger, we would hear him. (laughs) You can't hear when you're pointing your finger, accusing others. So just saying. If you pour yourself, I'm sorry, I missed one. The pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. You know that you're not wicked, but you can speak wickedness. How many of you feel you're incapable of speaking wickedness? Raise your hand. We will pray for your deliverance right now. (laughs) I dare you. You are fully capable of imagining wicked things and imagining good things. Of speaking wicked things and speaking ill things. Hello? It's not an identity issue. It's actually a perspective, like understanding. You can use your tongue for death or for life. Hello? Okay. So taking the yoke from your midst, pointing the finger, stop pointing the finger, stop speaking wickedness. If you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, again, this is the fast that I choose. Pour yourself out for the hungry. You'll be hungry so you can give to someone who is hungry. You be hungry by choice so you can give to someone who is hungry not by choice. Hello? Or maybe their choices have overburdened them and they become hungry because they've made poor decisions. But they're still the hungry. And now they're forced to be hungry. But you're choosing to be hungry so that you can give to those who are forced to be hungry. This is true fasting. It says, satisfy the desire of the afflicted. Then shall your light rise in the darkness, and your gloom be as the noonday. Hello, your light rising in the darkness, your gloom being as noonday. That sounds like a great plan. Those are the things I want. Amen? Come on, right? I want to be a light in the dark places. I want my gloom to turn into 90-degree wakeboarding weather on the lake. That's what I want. The weather's really good today. I'm literally going to try to get to the lake. All right. I'm a little obsessed with wakeboarding. It's my only uh, uh, form of exercise, and I love it, and I'm getting kind of good at it. So I actually started that thing. I feel like this is a side note that you need. I don't know why. Someone needs to hear this. I started wakeboarding 10 months ago because I was not very good at it, and I felt like all the things I was doing in my life, I was only doing the things I was good at. I was like, oh, I'm good at everything I'm doing. And then I'm like, maybe I'm just not doing things I'm not good at. Maybe I'm not growing in any way. And the Lord had convicted me earlier, uh, six months before that, about my, I had some brain fog rolling in. I turned 30, and then brain fog came. And I was like, what is this? What is going on? I called, I I couldn't remember things as well. Anybody with age, you know what these things are? I couldn't recall the Bible as well. I'm like, what is This is a demonic attack on my mind. I couldn't, what is going on? And I called my my pastors. I have pastors. I have three overseers who can remove me from this position. On paper, in bylaws, they can remove me from my job. They can take me out. They can. If I start acting a fool, speaking wickedness, pointing a finger, doing all the stuff. Yeah, they can move me out. I said, would you guys pray? Because I'm not doing well. I don't know what it is. They start praying. They didn't even give me a word. Literally, the later, later that day, the Lord said, exercise. I'm like, exercise? Exercise. Eggs are, size, eggs are sides for bacon. <laughs> I heard the Lord. <laughs> I 
I've never had to exercise in my life, okay? I have a really high metabolism. I don't know. I eat. I do eat. It just doesn't stick. I don't know. So I've never had need for those, that habit before, that healthy habit. And I was like, okay. So I got on an elliptical machine that we had in our house. Literally 15 minutes, boom, brain fog gone. And I was like, whoa, I'm me again. And so the Lord said, in this season, you don't exercise, you won't be yourself. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to find fun outlets of exercise. And I went wakeboarding. I'm like, oh, man, I used to do this when I was younger, but I'm actually pretty bad at it. I stink at this. So it was two things. It was like, I'm going to go humble myself and learn a new skill, and I'm going to exercise on a weekly, biweekly, triweekly basis, you know? And wouldn't you know, I'm learning it and I'm growing in it. And I had a really cool experience on Friday at the cable park. I just feel like I can tell you this stuff. I don't know why. I'm usually there with a bunch of regulars who are really good. For some reason, Friday, spring break, no regulars were there. I was the only regular. And it was all like brand new people. So I looked like a rock star on that thing. <laughs> I did. They were all asking me questions. And I, I love to teach. So I'm helping them. And also, usually I'm just like hiding. Like, you didn't see me fall. Nobody saw me fall. Yeah. But they're like, oh, my gosh, you're so good. How'd you get good at that? I'm like, How long have you been doing this? Like, I'm like, 10 months, you know. <laughs> Two to three times a week. I, ten, I live 10 minutes away. They're like, oh, yeah, they're all out-of-towners, spring breakers, you know, and they're just trying it out. So, anyway, the Lord blessed my labors and gave me a moment of like, good job. You can do this. Anyway. Why did I tell you that? Because it says noonday. Gloom is noonday. I am less gloomy on a wakeboard. I am more myself because I obeyed the word of the Lord for my life. Right? I, I, it's kind of a fast for me to wakeboard. If, you, if you're not making the connection, it's okay. I'm not trying to string this together. I cannot think about my job or the pressures of my life. I'm fasting from the busyness of my mind when I'm upside down 20 miles per hour on a wakeboard. Like, I can't think about Abraham and how I need to help him and, and what he needs and things like that when I'm doing a toe side back roll off a kicker flying through the air. You know, I just can't. I'm sorry. I can't think about you in that moment. But as soon as I stop wakeboarding, I, that's where my mind goes. So it's like a stress fast. It is. It is. And I do it with Jesus. And I don't know if you know about wakeboarding, but it's like a solo sport. So I'm out there by myself on the lake. You know, I can't talk to anybody. So I talk to Jesus the whole time. And it's usually like, did you see that? That was an awesome trick. I just nailed that 540. Like, yes. I'm like high-fiving Jesus on the lake. I'm not joking. <laughs> Serious. Anyway, you should find those things that help you come out of gloom. This is the word. This, this is the whole reason I shared all that. You're gloomy because you're disobedient. The Lord has said and spoken to you a way out of your gloom. You just didn't have ears to hear. I promise you, you start serving, you start laying down your life for someone, you start fasting, you start giving your life away, you're going to hear him say, here I am. I am here in this place where you've met the needs of the people of earth, <laughs> of my children who don't know me, and you will hear him speak, exercise. And you might go, I don't want to. <laughs> but then if you walk in it, great blessings are coming. You need to do it. You need to do it. Somebody knows exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe multiple somebodies. Like, that was for you. I don't mind going off script because it's his script, and I don't have the whole thing every time. It's good. All right. So are you seeing this picture? 
trying, I am trying to teach this passage, though. <laughs> Are you seeing the script, this, this pattern? This is the fast. Don't be selfish, basically. Give yourself away, and I'll bless you, and you'll hear me. That's the idea. Are you hearing this? And then we get to the, the, the last part, and this is so good. It says, and the Lord will guide you continually. Come on. Again, he is guiding you right now. <laughs> but you might not be aware of his guidance. Are you following me? And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places. Hello? Satisfy you in places that are not satisfying. Like, meet your needs at the gas pump. All right? Like, you will not be complaining about gas prices. Listen. Y'all, listen. I'm using this app. I'm talking about it a lot. I'm paying $283 at the pump just right, right now because I'm using this app and sharing it. Yeah, yeah, straight up, straight up. We'll talk later. You can have my code, and I'll get more benefits. There's, there's, there's ways to be satisfied in scorched places, but you might not be aware of the ways he's laying out for you because you're not pouring yourself out, and you're getting in the way of him speaking to you. I don't mind telling you. I don't mind telling you. It doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change your identity. But it might mean you need to change your habits. It might mean you, not, you need healthy habits, healthy times, like date time with Jesus. Like that I talked about at the beginning. My, that's a healthy thing. It's not a legalism thing. 8 o'clock, Wednesday morning, I get in my office. I shut the door. I put the do not disturb thing. And I sit there till I get a word for the Lord from the Lord for you. That's healthy. That's not legalistic. It's not empty. I can tell you that. Okay? You need these healthy habits. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. That's your instruction. That's the structure within. He's going to give you structure on the inside. And the bones are the structures. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Did you hear that? Both sides. A watered garden, that's receiving from the Lord, and a spring of water whose waters do not fail. That's giving to others. It's when you pour your life out that you become a watered garden and a spring of water. You're like waiting to be watered to become a spring. And God says, go be a spring and I will water you. Proverbs says, whoever lives, to, lives their life to be a blessing for others will themselves be blessed. He who waters will himself be watered. There are promises that we totally ignore out of selfishness. Like, there are blessings on the other side of our lack of selfishness. And you're like, well, I'm just, I'm just going to wait till I receive, you know, the blessing. I'm just going to sit here, you know, checks in the mail. No, he might be saying, get your butt to work. Provide for your family. He might be saying, change your attitude for the workplace that you hate. It might be a scorched place, but that doesn't mean you can't be satisfied. Satisfying you in scorched places, that means desolate dirty, like no vegetation, you can be satisfied in a place like that. Why? Because you have fasted. Are you hearing the upside-down kingdom here? This is totally opposite of what the world teaches you and what the worldly church has taught you. Come receive on Sunday. Come receive on Sunday so that you can be satisfied. No, go into the scorched places. <laughs> okay. I just love you a lot. That's why I'm being honest with you, okay? And I only want to preach really this last part. I only have notes for this last part. All right, here we are. 
None of that was in my notes. I'm just reading the scriptures. It says, and your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. Say ancient ruins. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. God wants to restore the restorers. And each one of those things, you can leave that up there, ancient ruins, ancient cities, all this stuff, these are prophetic pictures, okay? It's not redundancy. He's not saying the same thing over and over again, even though it sounds like that. These are pictures. I'm going to take you through it, okay? You can do this fast. And I'm just submitting this to you all that this is what those pictures mean, okay? Through my own study, through my own, what I believe the Lord has unveiled to me about this stuff. I have a, um, I don't mind telling you, I have a revelatory teaching gift. That's why I can read, preach the scriptures without notes and hit stuff, hit targets that I don't even know are there, right? That's, it's not hard for me. When I read the Bible, this is what comes out. I think and hear these things, and then I can prove it to you. 10 times till Sunday if I have time, okay? But I'm not going to do a lot of proving today. I'm just going to do a lot of submitting to you. And whatever hits your heart and you hear an assignment, you go. Amen? Yes. Amen. Okay. Ancient ruins, ancient cities rebuilt. This is a picture of long-standing places of refuges. refuge. Long-standing places of refuge. Places that have been safe haven for the human race forever. Okay, long-standing places of refuge, the safe places for people to go, the safe areas. And I'm not talking geographically. Okay, they, Isaiah was speaking to Israel, and they had geographical assignments. Amen. But all who have the faith of Abraham are the Israel of God, Paul said. Okay, so you and I are not replacing Israel. We are coming into alignment and being grafted into Israel. Are you with me? Okay, so you and I also are supposed to restore ancient ruins, but that doesn't mean we go grab a, you know, what are those things called? Uh, the thing you lay bricks with, the little whatever. Yeah, we don't grab mortar and clay and all stuff and go to Jerusalem and start building the third temple. All right, stop sending your money to the third temple, by the way. If you're doing that, stop. All right, you are the third temple. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay, if it's rebuilt, it will be a perversion. What are they going to do? Sew the veil back up? They're going to restart animal sacrifices for your sins? What are they going to do? Are you kidding me? Christians are sending their money to this. Stop. If you're in here and you're like, oh, I did. Yeah, stop. It's a deception. Stop. Stop, stop, stop. Okay? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hello? We are now a holy dwelling place for the Spirit of God. Okay. So we're not talking about ancient ruins, physical ruins, even though that's good. Like, sure, I like archaeology. I have been to Israel 10 times. If you go to Israel, you should do the wall tour that takes you all the way to the bottom. You can see the foundation of the original temple. They've, they've uncovered it. It's you go way down. It's like a 45-minute walk into the earth. It's pretty sketchy. And then you can look down this tunnel, and you can see it. They have lights on it, the edge of the first temple. They've dug it up. Crazy crazy because the temp, the walls they have now is second temple period so first you can see it you really should go ahead. so yes that's good but this isn't saying if you fast rightly if you get your heart right you're all going to be on a building project and an archaeological dig in israel hello this is saying something different for us are you with me these are long-standing places of refuge let me put it this way it's a set in place truth that protects and guards a people these are long-standing truths and refuge, places of refuge, okay? Like this one, like the ancient truth of loving your neighbor as you love yourself. 
We are going to be those who rebuild that ruin. Hello? We're going to be those who like the ancient truth of God being in the image of male and female. Male and female is the image of God. Like there are two genders. That is a longstanding place of refuge that I'm not going to apologize for. I'm not mad at you if you think differently. I'm not upset at you. But I'm not going to back down from the image of God going forth on the earth. It takes a man and a woman in holy matrimony giving birth to other children to display the image of God. That's the image of God. That's a long-standing place of refuge. That will keep you safe. You walk outside of that, you get unsafe very quick. Are you seeing? These are the ancient ruins. This is rebuilding the ancient ruins. Do you think that we need to be, like, doing this stuff, like, fighting for this stuff? This is what keeps you safe. Like, eye for an eye won't keep you safe. Forgiving your enemies will keep you safe. That's a long-standing ancient ruin that the church isn't even very good at. We got a whole bunch of unforgiveness going on. That's a long-standing place of refuge. It's not to burden you. It's to bless you. We're to rebuild this. Like the ancient truth that every life is sacred. Every life. Every life. Listen, I'm not with it on a lot of pro-life organizations. I'm not because they are very dishonoring towards people. They're very hateful in their display of the truth. You can be very wrong in the way that you're right, by the way. You can be right and be very wrong in the way that you're right. Right? It ain't all right. <laughs> we need to be right in the way that we're right. Okay? Like calling people who've had an abortion baby killers, that is from the pit of hell and evil. But saying it's not a baby is also from the pit of hell and evil. They're both evil. This is an ancient ruin that's to be rebuilt. This is a long-standing truth. Life begins at conception. I don't, I don't, I don't mind to tell you. I don't. It's you, scientific fact. Like fetus is literally Latin for small human. That's what it means. It's not a baby. It's a, it's a fetus. You're deceived into thinking that fetus doesn't mean what it means. It means a small human. My son was born at one pound, 11 ounces, 24 weeks. He fit in my hand. And he grew for four months in the NICU in an isolate. I watched them grow my child as he was supposed to be grown in my wife's womb. It was incredible. It was stressful. It was, it was painful. It was glorious. I'm telling you, like this, there was a law that just came out. I don't mind. I watched Kermit. There's a law that comes out. It's Maryland or something. They're now pushing for a law. I believe it's Maryland that would allow the child to be left alone to die up to 28 days after birth. 28 days. We need to rebuild the ancient ruins. That's what's wrong. We have to be those who rebuild the ancient ruins. What is ruined? We don't believe that every life is sacred. You treat your neighbor the way you should treat that baby, and we'll be getting some progress. But when we hate our neighbor, we have no right to stand up for the unborn. I'm telling you, there's a way to be right about this. And it's intellectually honest, looking at scientific fact, and it's speaking the truth in love. Not loving to say true things, because that's very different. <sighs> Yay. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I don't know if you can tell. I'm not mad. I'm, I am gripped with the call. We are to build 
rebuild the ancient ruins, these long-standing refuges of truth. Amen? But that's not all. It says you'll also raise up the foundations of many generations. What is that? What is that? Is that literally going, finding the foundation of the first temple and undigging and digging it up and raising? Okay, uh, I don't think that's what the Bible's talking about. Okay? This is, let me help you, this is a picture of the starting point for those who come after us. The starting point for those who follow after us. Okay? The, this is the, the picture of, like, people say it this way, that our ceiling would be their floor. Are you following? Like my ceiling, whatever I do in ministry, whatever I bring unto the earth, whatever I build, whatever wealth I have, whatever, anything I have would be this, the, my ceiling for that would be the floor of my children, the next generation, that they wouldn't have to fight the battles I fight. They would be equipped to fight their own and advance the kingdom in their own way. Are you following me? This is what it means. This is giving the generations to come a leg up. All right. This is passing on truth. This is, um, like I said, fighting those battles that are called. We're called to fight so that we don't relinquish it for our children to fight them. Hello. There are battles you and I are called to fight in the spirit, not against people. People are not your problem. They're your opportunity for growth. Just so you know, people are not your problem. They're your opportunity for growth. I feel like we have to say this out loud. Repeat after me. People are not my problem. They're my opportunity for growth. God sent them to me. I received the blessing of my in-laws, of my co-workers. Oh, some of you stopped saying it. I received the blessing of my co-workers, of my boss, of my pastor. Where, whoever comes into my life is an opportunity for growth. Amen. We can go home. That was probably the whole gig right there. <laughs> <laughs> raising up the foundations of many generations means we raise up a generation after us the next one coming and they raise up the next and they raise up the next okay it's advancing the kingdom and then handing the baton to the next generation to run their leg of the race i don't know about you but i just really want to hasten the day of the lord you know the bible says hasten the day of the lord you know what hasten means it means speed it up it means to accelerate the day of the Lord. How are we going to do that? This. This will accelerate the day of the Lord. If our children have to start over because we have not raised up the foundation, then that's on us, not on them. And they'll fight battles we were supposed to win. And God will meet them there. Amen? But let's not do what our forefathers did. Let's not do what other generations have done. Let's take this seriously and say, you know what? I'm going to give them a leg up on the spiritual competition. I am going to fight for equality in the church. I'm going to fight for oppression to end. I'm going to fight for whatever. You know, you, whatever is in your heart to fight for, that battle God has given you is so that you can raise up a foundation for the other generations after you to start in a new place. Like, you want to know what God's called you to? What makes you mad? What makes you mad? I promise you, there's a calling in that. You know what makes me mad? The church leaving Christians more bound than free. That makes me really mad. Keeps me up at night. It does. That's why we exist for the lost to be found. That's good. But also the found to be free. And for peace to reign in our city. Because when you get free, you become a peacemaker. And the prince of peace comes and moves into town. Okay. Raise up the foundations of many generations. Then it says you will be repairers of the breach. 
That a breach is a broken down wall, a broken place, a place that's supposed to protect that's broken. This is the mending of the brokenness in society. This, these are the places that have been abused, neglected, and broken down. And we're called to rebuild them and make them whole again. We're not supposed to complain about the brokenness of society among us. We are supposed to complete the brokenness into wholeness. We are supposed to repair it into wholeness. So many people are repulsed by brokenness when they're called to repair it. So much of the church is repulsed by sinfulness in the world when you're called to repair the mended places in their heart that are causing them to do that. Why be repulsed when you're called to repair? I'll tell you why. Because you're fasting for yourself. You're in the church for what you can get, not for what you can give. You're complaining about scorched places instead of being satisfied. (laughs) Not you. Sorry, not you. Those other Christians listening to this podcast later. Not anyone here, of course. And not me. No, not a chance. Laughter, like, makes the medicine go down a little bit. It's like Holy Ghost anesthesia so that the knife doesn't hurt as bad. You know? (laughs) Love it. What? <laughs> Just say, yes, Lord. Cut me, Lord. The, the Song of Solomon is great. Uh, the, the Shulamite says to the king, says, no one speaks words so anointed as this one. Words that both pierce and heal. Words like lilies dripping with myrrh. Myrrh is a picture of death. Beauty with death dripping over it. So if it feels like a death to you, God might be working. <laughs> I'd be just cutting. You just might need to laugh your way through the surgery. I don't mind. Go ahead. <laughs> Amen. Amen. This is the church healing trauma and bringing hope to those in despair. Repairers of the breach. We're not just to be giving people salvation to go to heaven. We are to rescue them from the hell they're living in right now. That's a repairer of the breach. It's not all this side of heaven. I'm not that guy that's like, it's just going to happen on earth. No. There is a day. I believe in the bodily return of Jesus Christ where all things are made new. Amen? Amen. However, in the meantime, if we see trauma, we're supposed to bring healing. And guess what? You know who's been traumatized around you? The most annoying people in your life. Oh, yes. I just can't stand them. Teens needs to turn into, wow, what brokenness has brought them to this place? Lord, show me so I may be a repairer of the breach, not repulsed by their breaches. Take it or leave it. Finally, restorer of streets to dwell in. What is this? Because we already said cities. We already said ruins. We already said cities, broken walls. What is streets? This is the repair of community, of common areas. The street is the public highways and byways. It's the point of contact for those in the world. Your home is your place where you are with your family, but the streets are where you meet other families. It's a place of trade. It's where you exchange. It's the marketplace. It's communities. It's societal, uh, like, like politics. It's, it's representatives that have kingdom hearts. It's all of that. A restore of streets to dwell in is the idea that communities should be made whole as well, not just individuals. 
That's the repairer of the breach. And that comes first. You can't repair a community until you repair the individuals in the community. Are you with me? But so, and let me just help you. A lot of like woke nation, just, sorry, I don't have time. I'm being quick because I don't have time because <laughs> it's lunchtime. Woke nation thinks we got to repair the whole, but not the individual. That's why it doesn't work. We have to think everyone, not just the, the single ones. That's not the biblical order. The biblical order is repair of the breach, singular, person, individual, and then restore of streets to dwell in. That comes next. Everything in your Bible is there on purpose, and it's in the order it's in on purpose. Don't be switching orders and call it God's plan, okay? Like this is it's precept upon precept. God has the best ideas. All of them. All of them. So this, like I said, the home, your home is your place, but the streets are where we all share the same place. All right? Street smart. You've heard these phrases. It's kind of like that. So this is the restoration of the entire region. Entire regions are going to be restored unto godliness. Tampa Bay is called the Bay of the Holy Spirit. That's what it was called originally. Did you know that? The original people who discovered Tampa Bay called it, this is none other than the Bay of the Holy Spirit. The indigenous tribe called it Tampa. Tampa means stick of fire. They said, this is the fire stick. And they said, oh, if this is a stick of fire, then this is the Bay of the Holy Spirit because he comes in like a fire. This is the place where the Holy Spirit wants to rest. It's not just where, you want to know what God's doing? In the supernatural, look what he's doing in the natural. He is, people are flocking to us. For what? For refuge, for rest. Yeah. And the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Those who run into it shall be saved. This is where God, the America goes to vacation. You live where people vacate. All right? Like, I don't, I don't even like going on vacations other places. There's so much beauty right where I live, right? And so this Bay of the Holy Spirit, this idea of streets, communities, regions, I've seen it. I've seen people driving down I-75 and hitting Hillsborough County and like metal dissolves from their bodies from former surgeries and they get healed and they go, what just happened? And they go to a church because the Christians know. Not the doctors, not the whatever. I see people driving into a region and being convicted of their unforgiveness because we carry forgiveness so well because we've restored the streets as a place to dwell in. The streets shouldn't be dangerous around here. They should be a place of dwelling. Like the, the day and age where the, your kids could go down the street for whatever, three miles, five miles, just be back before dinner. Yeah, restore our streets to dwell in. Safe places. Yeah, I've seen literally human trafficking eradicated because all of the traffickers come to Jesus and the demand is gone. That's what I've seen. That's restoring the streets as a place to dwell in. Like 60, 60 should not be a place you're trying to get away from. It should be a place you dwell in. State Road 60. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right? <laughs> Ignoring stuff you're driving by. Oh, don't want to see that. Or, yikes, get me out of here. This traffic is terrible. I'm talking every realm of society. Restoration. Restoration. But listen, if you haven't gotten it already, here's the bottom line. Your restoration is not just for you. It's for others. He's restoring the restorers. That fasting, the true fasting, is all about giving your life away. If I had to bottom line, what is, what is new covenant fasting? What is fasting that really moves the heart of God? 
It's letting go of everything that makes you selfish. That's true fasting. Starving yourself of every single thing that causes selfishness in your life. Yeah. And that might be food. It might be whatever. You might do Daniel. Okay. But does it remove selfishness? That's true fasting. And when you do that, you get, you position yourself. When you say, it's not about me. I'm here for others. I'm here to serve. I'm here to lay my life down. When you get in that heart posture, you hear God saying, here I am. And he says to you, here's your assignment. And he gives you an ancient ruin to rebuild, to fight for. He gives you a realm of society to stand up and bring a light into. He gives you strategy for the foundations of the generations to come, how to raise them up. He gives you insight into breaches in people's hearts and how to bring healing. He gives you a street to restore as a place of dwelling, not just a place of passing, but a place of dwelling. He's restoring the restorers. Let me give you four quick truths of restoration that you need to know for yourself. Four truths. Write these down. This is, I learned this from my pastor, Pastor Lynn. And if you can't, if you can't get with these truths, you will, you will literally uh, prohibit your restoration. You'll, you'll slow it down. You'll get in the way of it. Okay, here's the four truths of restoration. I don't have them on the screen for you, sorry, but they're simple. Number one, number one, everyone's been wounded. Every single person has been wounded. Here's how I say it. There's two types of people on the planet, those who are healing and those who are not. Everyone's in pain. Everyone. You're either healing or you're not. Sometimes that's our choice. Sometimes we don't know how to heal. I'm not talking about that part. I'm just saying, get with the program. Everybody's in pain. That person that aggravates you, it's because they have pain. They've got a, a breach in their heart. Yeah? Okay. I can feel compassion just rising in this room as I'm talking to you. I just feel compassion. Like, you're going to walk out of here more compassionate for those who have aggravated you. I feel like an impartation of compassion. That's awesome. Yay. <laughs> awesome. Just like, oh, that's what that is. I have words for it now. Number one, everyone's been wounded. Number two, these wounds often cause unwanted emotions and behaviors that when they're not healed lead to strongholds. Let me help you. Let me help you. All of you over-spiritualizing this, listening to the podcast, not you here, of course. If you want to pull down strongholds, start in your own heart. Like praying at the gates of the city needs to start praying at the gates of your own heart. If you don't think you have any strongholds, listen to this pride in that. I have none, but you have a bunch, so let me help you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye when a plank is in your own? Come on. If you don't think you could have a stronghold, I mean, you're like, I'm new in Christ. Yes, you are. And you're being restored to let that newness flow out. If you're fighting this, let me help you. Romans 8, this is a side note. Romans 8, 9 through 11, this is the key. Romans 8, 9, you're not in the flesh, no sin nature, that's dealt with. Romans 8, 10, although the body is dead because of sin. Abraham and I were just talking about this. Romans 8, 10 says, although the body is dead because of sin. The apostle Paul, the one who wrote, you are new in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come, right? That guy said, the body is dead because of sin. It's a different Greek word. It's the word soma, meaning you can be carrying around in your body dead things after you're out of the flesh. Because the confusion in the church is, oh, you're in the flesh. It's impossible to be in the flesh once you're in the spirit. 
Romans 8, 9, check me. It says, you are not in the flesh if the Holy Spirit is in you. Did the Holy Spirit leave? No. What's going on? What, what is happening? Why am I acting this way? Because your body has damage. You don't have a sin nature. You have sin damage. The believer has been set free from sin, no longer enslaved to sin. Sin has no dominion over them. But the believer is being healed and restored to a place of full and proper use, destiny. Hello? That's why you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change the way you think so that you can actually act differently. Are you with me? Are you okay? Okay, I'm not like going, rolling back on things I've said. It's the next step. Okay, you're new. You believe it. Good. Now deal with the parts of you that don't line up with your newness. If you've been raised with Christ, set your mind on things that are above. We teach it this way. Set your minds on things that are above so that you can be raised. Not us. I'm saying the church. Capital C Church has taught it. Reach for heaven. That's what the church has taught. You know, reach from heaven. If you've been raised, you have to start raised, co-raised with him, seated with him. You're already ascended. All right? You're already seated with him. Ephesians 2, 6 through 7. You're already there. All right? However, you are here as well being restored. The body is dead because of sin. The spirit is life because of righteousness. That's Romans 8.10. And verse 11 says it. And the Holy Spirit will bring life to your mortal bodies. If you can't admit that the Holy Spirit wants to bring life to your mortal body, then you have a problem. Here's the deal. The Holy Spirit is not fighting against your flesh. It's fighting for your body. It's fighting for you, not against you. Okay? I know. That's like a whole 10... Wait, actually, it's a nine-month class called the Jesus Lab, okay? You should sign up. We focus on these things. But if you have unhealed woundedness, it will lead to unwanted behaviors. And if you do not deal with that woundedness, it will become a stronghold, a place that keeps you strong, that you like, I don't know why I keep doing this. I can't stop doing it. I'm new in Christ, but I can't stop doing this. That's called a stronghold. Are you Okay. Okay, or did you like, no, I have no strongholds. Everyone else has strongholds. I have none. Like, listen to yourself, bro. Like, no. All right. Truth number three. Are you ready? These are the four truths of restoration. Number three, God wants everyone restored. God wants everyone totally healed. Everyone. God is not like, I'll heal you, but not you. My will for you is to be healed, but not them. No, God wants everyone healed. That's good news. So that's his plan for you, to be fully restored. And number four, number four, everyone needs help through the process. You're not going to get healed and restored alone. You have to step into community. You have to let other people tell you about your stuff, okay? You want to find the places where you need restoration quickest? Get married. Get married. We got a newlywed couple here. They'll tell you. They'll tell you. These two will tell you too. Ooh, that's right. <laughs> Marriage is a mirror. Says, hey, you kind of suck right there. <laughs> that's not good. You're... I'll just take it to myself. Caleb, you can preach, but man, when you're tired, you're a jerk. You're short-fused. <laughs> you preach patience, but homie ain't patient when he's tired. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. I need restoration. I need restoration. Caleb Hires needs restoration. I'm getting it. I actually had a major breakthrough this last week. 
with my pastor, the one who taught me this stuff, Pastor Lynn. He spoke into my life. He showed me a few places, and he helped me get free of well-managed fear and, and insecurity. I would have never walked into that meeting going, I have fear and insecurity. Not a chance. No way. I'm a very confident person. I would have never thought that. But he started asking me questions, and he started finding breaches in my heart, and he started to repair them. And then I went, wow, I have really well-managed fear and really well-managed insecurities that I didn't even know were in there. I had strongholds built up. And it came from woundedness. Someone hurt me. It's not my fault that someone hurt me. But that unhealed wound created unwanted behaviors, stayed unhealed, and created a stronghold of fear and insecurity. That's how it works until somebody comes alongside you in the process. Hey, it was, I said something at a pastor's meeting, and he was, his, his little like, radar went up like, boop, 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 boop. that's not Caleb. That's, I've never seen Caleb act like that. Never seen him talk like that. That was weird. And then he asked me about it. I'm like, I don't know. It wasn't a big deal. He's like, I, he's like, actually, I think it was a big deal. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't you. I'm like, okay. He's like, it was kind of boastful, and you sounded really insecure. I'm like, I'm not insecure. <laughs> and he's like, well, let me ask you about da-da-da-da-da and your brother and your family. And, and I'm just like, I start crying and start feeling it. I'm like, and he helped me through the process. And I got major restoration. I walked in there thinking I was good. I walked out there way gooder. <laughs> Hello? Come on. All right. I'm going to stop talking now. But if you won't take present awareness into, into the equation, if you won't say, yeah, I've been wounded, you can't be restored. It's impossible. It's impossible to restore someone who doesn't need it. It's impossible because those without a problem don't need your solution. Hello? Until you admit to yourself that you have a problem or you have a pain, healing is not coming. Solutions aren't coming. There's nothing wrong with admitting that sin was done to you. Sin was done by you, hello, has, has any, anyone want to claim they're without sin? Anyone want to say, I, I have no sin? Okay. Does anyone want to claim that no one's ever sinned against them? No. Sin done by you and sin done to you creates damage, creates pain. And that's woundedness that needs to be healed. As soon as you admit that, you're on the path to restoration. Hallelujah. And then you can look at maybe... I have a stronghold in my life. Maybe something's keeping me from my destiny. A stronghold is like a fortress. It's keeping you trapped from living a certain way. Hello? And then you can admit, but God wants to be healed. And you can find people to help you be healed. You can stay in community. You can plug into the South Tampa campus. You can talk to someone. You can call Pastor Abraham. You can ask for help. But until you get with those truths, you're not going to ask for help. And let me just, I want to hit the big one right now. Just hit it right in between the eyes. That forgiveness is a major key that unlocks the door of restoration. 90% of the time, it's a forgiveness issue. Because they might have hurt you, and you didn't do that. But unforgiveness in your heart, because they hurt you, you did do that. You did choose that. And that's yours. It's not yours to own what they did. You didn't cause it. They, you didn't make them hurt you. Come on. But unforgiveness in your heart, that's your choice. 
And it might have started when you were young, but it's still your responsibility now. Amen? It is your responsibility now to ask the Lord, do I have any unforgiveness in my heart? Because that is like drinking poison, expecting it to hurt the other person. Unforgiveness is like drinking deadly poison, expecting it to hurt the other person. And they don't even know. It's not even doing anything. But let me define forgiveness for you. This is what I felt the Lord pointed his finger on. Here's the definition of for, uh, or the, the way to truly forgive. Because we've been taught some really oh, janky stuff, okay? Forgiveness is not just forgetting about it. Like, uh, just, just get over it. Just let them off the hook. None of that is forgiveness. That's injustice. That's not forgiveness. Brushing it under the rug, saying it's, it's, it, it wasn't a big deal when it was a big deal. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness looks the heinous act right in the face and says, that was wrong. That was horrible. It traumatized me. It was painful. And I refuse to punish you for it. That's forgiveness. Forgiveness has to admit the, the depravity of the act in order to truly be deeply healed. Are you following me? You cannot release someone from punishment that you're not admitting they deserve. Hello? Like, to hurt a child is wrong. To break a heart is wrong. To lie to your neighbor is wrong. Amen? Amen? Sin is wrong. Sin kills. Can I get an amen? Like, this isn't the happy part of the message, but you need to admit it. Sin kills. Okay? Whether you're a new creation or not, sin kills. Hello? Admitting the death that came through the sin is the first step. And then refusing to be their judge is forgiveness. That's forgiveness. In your mind, in your heart, in your actions, I refuse to punish them for that. That's forgiveness. Many of you, I can see it on your faces, you're thinking of people right now. You're thinking of, of times that you've been hurt. So I want you to stay in your chairs. This is the altar call right here. And when I just, if it's okay, I just want, I just want them to play, if that's okay. I just want to, yeah, just play the music because I want everyone to kind of get alone with the Lord right now. And I want you to take stock of your own heart. And that face that you saw, that name that you heard just now, or whatever it was, just admit it to yourself. What they did was wrong. What they did hurt. It's not okay. It's a big deal. Because what we say to ourselves, it wasn't a big deal. They didn't mean it. It doesn't matter. Jesus said, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. But he said, forgive them. Forgive them, even though they knew not what they were doing. So it doesn't matter if they meant to do it. It doesn't matter if they realized what would happen. What matters is it hurt. It was painful. Everyone's been wounded. And just in your own heart before the Lord, say it to the Lord. Yeah, that was awful. That hurt. I didn't do that to me. They did that. And it was wrong. Some of you, for the first time, are going to admit that what they did was wrong. And that's the first step. You've got to do it. What they did was wrong. And God in heaven is saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that happened to you. That was painful. I didn't want that. It wasn't my will. I did not ordain that moment. But I have ordained this one. God in heaven is saying, release them right now. And here's what you're doing. You're giving them to Jesus to be the author and judge of all. You're handing them back to Jesus to say, do with them what you see fit. 
So in your spirit, after you admit what they did was wrong, say, I release you to the Lord. I release you to Jesus. I refuse to punish you. I send you to the righteous judge of all for him to do what he sees fit. I forgive you and I release you to the Lord. Come on, just say it in your heart before the Lord. And now I want you to pray this and I'm going to pray over you as well. Holy Spirit, come heal. Come heal the damage that was caused. Come heal these places. Come and show me, Lord, where I need restoration. Come and show me where you want to break down strongholds in my life. And give me courage to reach out because I can't do it alone. Give me courage to talk to someone because I can't do it by myself. Right now, Lord Jesus, by the power of your spirit, I ask for perfect next steps. Perfect next steps. Some in here, Lord, you know, some in here will have to go to that person. Some will not. Some in here will have to go and, and ask for forgiveness. Some will not. I ask for perfect next steps for every person listening to my voice right now. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. I release courage. I release boldness to forgive. I release your power in this place to raise us up as restorers, repairers, the ones who you're calling to restore. Would you restore the restorers right now in Jesus' name? Come on, just make that your prayer. Say, Lord, restore me so I can restore others. Come on, pray it out loud. Put it on your lips. Restore me so that I can restore others. It's not just for me. It's for those around me. Help us, Lord. Let there be a, just a new day dawning on our pain, a new day that the Holy Spirit is coming to bring. I thank you, God. I thank you, God for releasing destiny as we go. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.